ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Brandon Hogue, welcome back to ATV Talk. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate oh. you uh, having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, you know, we, we texted back and forth a little bit uh, during 2021, and we were going to have some some follow-up conversations. You got busy. I got busy. Here we are. You know, yeah. I, I apologize for it taking so long, but... Um, Give me a little brief synopsis on how the end of uh, 21 went for you. Yeah. Yeah. 2021 for me uh, was actually one of my worst years uh, as a professional, but uh, we tried to switch, you know, we had like a big program switch to a Yamaha about halfway through the year. Um, and, and it had its pros and cons, but you know, I practiced on a TRX Honda. So it got really hard for me to go race on this Yamaha when, you know, I'm practicing during the week on the Honda. Um, so I did struggle a little bit with that. Um, I still could ride it well, but it was just, I didn't trust the bike, you know, like, especially when a track got rough, I really didn't know what the Yamaha would do. Um, so it it was just kind of fighting stuff like that, but I still, like my results weren't too bad. Um, I pulled a couple hole shots on the thing, um, you know, and, and stayed healthy, but, uh, with, the DNFs that I had and early on in the season, I ended the year, like, I think I ended seventh in points. Um, but I got one podium at high point, um, and a couple, you know, a couple top fives, but yeah, it was an up and down year for sure. What's your favorite place to race? Uh, it would have to be high point, honestly. Uh, I've just always had really good results there. Um, it was my very first pro-am win also in 2018 and uh it's just the hard pack dirt like in nebraska the tracks that i would train at growing up were all hard pack so any hard pack track i really enjoy so you're a corn husker yeah corn husker <laughs> yeah. i take it you're not a, a college football fan 
No, I am. I, I love college football. That's that's the only sport I actually do watch. But yeah, I'm just not a real big Cornhusker fan, to be honest with you. Oh man, that's sacrilegious there. Yeah, um, I know it. I'm on the way at West Coast, and and I am a. Th- that's my favorite team next to the San Diego State Aztec. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't know when I was a when I was a kid playing high school ball, the Cornhuskers were it, man. They were dominant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Back in the like, we had a ton of national titles and and whatnot. But it's just recently, man. I don't know. Just you know, not to be a bandwagon or anything, but there's just some teams that make Nebraska look pretty silly right now. <laughs> Bama's a Bama's. It's hard not to root for Bama. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, hey, we're supposed to be talking racing, not football, but. Um, I'm a sports enthusiast, so I, I like a lot of different sports, you know, yeah. Uh, football being one since I played, you know, and a lot of people that, uh, have raced or done other things, play football or baseball or other things like that. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun sports are a yeah. lot. So when you started the season in 21 on the Honda, um, you said you had some, some DNFs, you had some problems with with just engine issues or chassis issues yeah it was mainly engine issues uh we were blowing up quite a bit um you know and we, we tried different stuff but uh like at three palms which was the first like outdoor race for us i blew up uh two times there with like that was kind of really bad and it made us you know everyone was already on yamaha at that point so um i really I kind of wanted to switch just because I, you know, I wanted to kind of follow and I knew that they worked good in the rough and, and the fuel injection alone is also really nice. Um, but we kept on the Honda until uh high point. So at high point, I podium, everything was great. Um, and that's kind of when I got a phone call from my mechanic and everything was a surprise for me. I had no idea that there was a Yamaha being built or anything. He just told me, Hey, I need you to come test that Briarcliff, test the race bike. We need to try a different cam and stuff for the Honda. So I show up there and I ride the race bike Honda. And uh, when I'm riding, he like set up this Yamaha in front of the, the rig. And I come back and it's just sitting there like brand new, everything, you know, Walsh, Racecraft stuff, Elka, everything's set up exactly how I'd want it. And I was like, you know, this is insane. Uh, cause I really had zero, zero idea. So, you know, I got on that in the very first day I felt comfortable on it. Um, like I was similar times to my Honda and, uh, we had a lot of working to do on it anyway. Like the ride height and stuff wasn't really where I wanted it and whatnot, but yeah, I was already comfortable. Um, so we decided as a team, we would try to switch over to that Yamaha, you know, um, which I, I was for it. Like, I knew some of these tracks we race at get really rough and they have a really good rear end on the bike. Um, the power was great, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was just a big team switch for me. And, um, you know, towards the end of the year, I felt like it might not have been the best decision, but at that point, you know, it didn't matter. I was just going to have to deal with it and run it. And you had no DNFs with that model? No, with the Omaha, we never ran into, um, engine problems or nothing. I mean, even my mechanic let me ride the race bike during the week 
and we had, I think around, you know, 15 hours on this race engine and we were trying different cams, different tunes. And, uh, at Redbutt actually, we found a really good cam set up with TDR, uh, DASA and the exhaust and everything with his tune worked out to where I couldn't hang on to the bike, you know, like at Loretta's, um, I pulled both hole shots and I even had like a really bad gate pick on one of them. And, uh, like that's how much power it had. Like I, I couldn't hang on to it. It was seriously, you come out of a turn and it would just rip your arms off. Like there's no one in the pro class. I don't even think today that could hang on to that setup, you know, maybe, maybe Joel, but, um, there's a lot of guys running the package now, I believe. And it's a really, really powerful package. But it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hold you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So, so a lot of people ask about why, you know, why I'm on Honda right now. Um, and if you've rode both bikes, you can probably understand, but the Hondas turn really good. They're really flat. Um, like I can turn on a hard pack track, especially really flat. And I know what the bike's going to do. So the Yamaha, um, you know, if you try to turn like the Honda does, it's got a weird point in the middle to where you're either going to spin out, like you'll do a completely 180 or it's going to like two wheel. There's no like really solid drift that you can do with the YFZ. And even if you try your best to, to ride it that way, like it's not the fastest way. That's why a lot of the guys will, you know, they'll drive the turns on the Yamahas and that's the fastest way to ride them. Uh, but for me, like I struggled with that. I couldn't really get a hold of driving the turns the way I was supposed to. Um, and with the Honda, you could just pitch the Honda in a turn and like, it'll stay flat. You can hit a rut. It'll stay flat, you know? So that that's a big deal to me. Um, and we are chasing suspension settings, like, trying to find a good balance with the bike too. And and I talked to Chad Weenan at the last race about the Yamaha, you know, and like he made it a really big point that the biggest thing for him was balance with the bike. And I couldn't find that balance, you know. Do you think that do you think that it's something that you're going to have to work with in the future? Yeah, unfortunately I, I think so. Um well, I, I shouldn't even say, unfortunately, I, I really did love the bike. Um, and if I had just a little bit more time tuning suspension, I think I would have, you know, I would have figured out the little stuff I didn't like. But yeah, I, I do. I do think that there would be a good chance in the future with the way, you know, some of the talk is that maybe, maybe Yamaha's, you know, in the future for me. But uh, I have a really good idea now of where I should go suspension wise. So, so are you looking forward to making that switch again? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I say that just because on the practice program side, like I'm on engine number, I think I'm on engine number five for the winter. Um, and these guys, uh, I'm riding with everyone here at Decker facility and they're on Yamahas and yeah, some blow up, but I'm definitely, uh, going through engines quite a bit and it's not, it's not any, any mechanics fault or anything like that. It's just, they're old man. And I'm trying to, 
trying to hold them wide open all the time and you know i'll drop valves or whatever but i just think the the yamaha is a little bit stronger of an engine it's a pretty good it's a pretty good engine platform i'll give you that you know yeah means that i work for an engine company and and that is a it is a really strong motor yeah and the transmissions you know i have to run billet transmissions on my hondas and those things seem pretty tough on the the yfz's yeah there's an it's an atv style transmission you know it was built by the racing division in yamaha to be an atv not to be a motorcycle right your transition from your honda came from the motorcycle and your early yamahas came from the motorcycle so right the tranny was a, a weaker point, you know, in, in some of that. Wh- whose bu- uh, billet trannies are you running? Uh, I think they're made by Nova. Have you heard of that? I've not heard of the, that company, no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Nova. I think it's overseas or something, but that's the, the, the company. Huge added expense when you're building engines, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I've broken... You know, they do last a long time, but I've broken a couple transmissions and they are not cheap. Do they give you any warranty guaranteed type stuff or or uh, work with you guys at all? No, it's, it's hard to even get a discount through that company, to be honest with you. Um, I'm paying pretty much what, you know, it's like dealer cost, but you can't really get much more than that. Well, it's it's hard when you're the only game in town. Why would you discount it? Right. Exactly. You know, if they're not the only game in town, somebody will correct me. They always mm-hmm. point to uh, to tell me when I've made a mistake and in, in certain things. So, <laughs> when did you know at the end of twenty one that you were going to start twenty two on a Honda? I did not know until uh, honestly, it was probably sometime in November. Um, so. Actually, you know, I, I had talked with my mechanic and the whole team I was on for 21 and I didn't want to pursue that route anymore. Um, just some stuff personal. Uh, there, there's some stuff like I would like to control and I, I, it just, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot behind that, but nothing against me and my mechanic. I just wanted a little bit more hands-on stuff. Um, and I also needed more support in my practice program and, um, I told him, like, I really don't want to take a ride and, and have a full, you know, I literally show up and this race bike is for me to race. So it's a really big deal. And I didn't want to take that ride if I wasn't prepared to race. And um, so I told him, hey, if I can't get practice program support, like, I'm just not going to race. You know, I have to practice during the week. Um, and he understood that. We, we talked about it. And I got a phone call. Um, like about a month after that with who I'm with right now. Um, his name is Brett music and, uh, he, he stepped up really big for me and he rides Honda and he asked me, would I be okay with sticking on Honda? And I said, absolutely. So that's kind of how it worked out. I don't own any Yamaha stuff, so it wasn't a big deal for me. It actually worked better. Um, and yeah, so a totally new team for me and a whole new group of people. And they, they're supporting your practice quads and your race quads? Correct. So 
um they're they're helping out with you know if i blow an engine or something here they, they've stepped up right away to do what they can um and that i i wish i could explain how much that helps alone because i would rather i would rather race a practice bike than you know not practice at all like to, to try to be the best i watch what these guys do and, and they ride you know three to five days a week typically and i was sitting here not riding for three weeks in a row so i couldn't do that um i needed to get help on the practice side and and that's in 2021 you were having that issue where you couldn't practice yes yeah i uh especially from about may um everything was you know it was all coming from me and i, I was blowing up engines and going through parts and I really couldn't afford to keep my quad running. So I didn't practice like even before red bud Loretta's and Briar, our last race, I didn't ride in between any of those races. So it's, it's, an, it's really, really difficult to try to go compete when you're not riding, you know, like the fitness, the fitness side of it, you can do all the training you want, but it's not the same as riding. So it was just a big deal for me. You're not the only Honda guy left in the class. Nope. We got uh Caesar from he's from Costa Rica. Um and I think oh yeah, Vince Merman. Vince Merman, he rides a TRX. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I believe the Honda is an amazingly great package. I mean, I've had great success with it out here on the West Coast. Um I've had success with the Yamaha as well. So, you know, growing up the way we grew up was, you know, all there was was Honda. Yeah. It's hard to take your, your, your belief in something and and switch it so easily. So uh, I'm not telling anybody that I wouldn't, wouldn't do a Yamaha program, but gosh, I'm, I'm still a diehard Honda guy. (laughs) Trust me, me too. like if I, you know, with, with what happened at this Daytona race, kind of like it made me a little upset, but it, it wasn't even a Honda. I guess it was a Honda part failure, but I mean, it's going to happen to Yamaha's too. You know, eventually all quads will break. Um, and I'm a diehard Honda guy. Like that's just what I've, I've been on my whole career. And, and like, it's funny, my first year in pro, it was, it was pretty much mostly all Hondas, you know, and it was like a couple of Yamahas. So it's crazy that, you know, now it's, I'm one of the odd few. <laughs> if, if you don't mind me asking, I was watching that on, on, uh, the, what is that? Racer TV. Yeah. I was watching on racer TV. Those guys do a great job. Huge shout out. Keep doing what you're doing guys. Thank you so much. But, um, it looked like a, a water failure. It wasn't, yeah. Water. you know, I mean, something fluke happened in the, in the, in the cooling system to cause you to, to, to have that problem or was it, or was it uh, engine four stroke portion related? No, it was coolant related. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the, saw the smoke and, uh, you know, usually if I, if I kept seeing smoke to me, that's a good thing, but 
it was a big puff of smoke and then i saw like pretty much no smoke so um i didn't know if it was coolant related or oil related or what it was at the time but yeah it was coolant related yeah the big thing that that we look for when we're having you know testing engines and doing things like that is what color smoke is it yeah <laughs> you know so then you instantly know where to go when you know what color it is it gives you a good idea of what's going on yeah right well you know what since since we brought it up let's get into daytona and talk about what it was like uh, in the beginning in in on uh monday when you practiced what 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 were the conditions like yeah uh like it rained we for some you know this is the first rain daytona for me but it rained really hard um and when we walked the track in the morning, like there was an actual pond on the track. Um, but they, the track crew there did an insane job to get that thing rideable. Um, they were pumping water and doing all they could. But even, you know, the time qualifiers and the, the heat race and everything, it, it was a, like we raced on mainly a dry track. Um, a lot of people are saying like it was, a, it was a really bad track and whatnot, but it was dry. It was just pretty hard to pass on. But even if it didn't rain, the way that that track design was, um, it would have been hard to pass on. Like even some of those split lines, there was one, there was a, a faster line, you know what I mean? So, but um, for our time qualifiers and everything, the track was, the track was pretty good for how much rain we got. You guys getting, you guys only got Tuesday to ride on it. You didn't get to ride Monday at all. No, only Tuesday. So you woke up and it was wet. Oh my! Oh my! Yeah, we we had track walk at like six thirty in the morning, and yeah, it was insane. I I honestly thought they were going to cancel the race. Like we had a riders meeting about an hour after, and I was waiting to hear them cancel it. To be honest, but no, they they did an insane job to try to get that track rideable. I don't know if you listened to any other shows, but I was talking with Chad. And one of the track guys told him that they forgot to, they forgot to take the, the covers off of the drains. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard too. Oh man. Yeah. I bet you that guy, I bet you that guy felt sick all day. <laughs> oh, you know, it. yeah. How did you do in the time qualifying? Uh, I ended up P4. So fourth place. That's um, not bad. Yeah. It was, I wasn't happy with it though. Like, there was one section of the track that I was just so slow in and uh, I, I knew it too. It was the way uh, the shift pattern was for me. And there's a little double right before the finish line. And I was like the only guy not like doubling this thing. And I just, uh, I was getting so angry because uh, I felt like I could have done a lot better than even fourth. But uh, once the track got harder though, you know, it, it got a lot better. So I just knew, I knew it was what it was. Where'd you come out in your heat race? I came out second behind Joel. Um, just rode behind him for that that heat. Uh, he he opened up a pretty like a pretty decent gap on me, but I got to see you know his lines and what he was doing that I needed to do, which was really nice. How many laps did was the heat race? And and give me a specific on something he was doing that, that you knew was going to give you more time. Right. 
So the, the heat race was seven laps for us. Um, or actually it was seven minutes, but the lap times were around a, a minute. So it was about seven laps. Um, and the things that like Joel would do that I wasn't doing was just intensity. So some of the turns, I know I need to be back on the gas, like, um, not necessarily entry speed, but it's the point of like, when you hit the apex of the turn and getting back on the gas, like he, he'll get back on the gas really quick. Um, and I know I'm capable of that too. It's just when I watch him do it and I don't do it, you know, like it's, it's stuff like that, that I pick up on really quickly. Um, using the clutch a little bit to keep the bike flat. Uh, like some of those ruts, I was two wheeling a little bit. Um, and I would hear him use the clutch a little bit. And, uh, so just stuff like that, like little technical stuff and intensity, like he, he carries a lot of intensity when he races. So it was cool to, to, you know, the first couple laps I was, I was on him pretty good and it was cool to, to see his intensity and, and try to replicate that. Where was, who was in third and how close were they? Nick Janusa was in third and we opened up a, a pretty big gap to him. It was probably when we finished maybe like 12 seconds to third place. Did you build a special bike for Daytona or did you bring your outdoor bike for Daytona? We brought, it's the outdoor bike. Uh, we just changed quite a bit of stuff. We raised the bike up a little bit. Um, and the gearing was a little bit different, but, uh, it's the same outdoor bike. We just kind of set it up a little bit for that tight Daytona racing. Did you do any spacing different with the axle? Um, or, or no, we, we left the axle the same. Um, didn't do any space or change or anything like that. Just mainly, uh, mainly shock settings. So we went with a, a higher rake because the way the ruts were and my ride height, you know, typically is pretty low. Um, so yeah, we raised the whole bike, the front and the rear. Did that change? Did that change the way you rode the machine or how you felt on the machine? Yep. So man, I rode the, actually the first qualifier with it low. And when we made the second qualifier change, like it was night and day, um, I just could hit the ruts and I wouldn't drag through the ruts so much so I could be, you know, f have more forward traction. Um, and then when you raise the bike, you know, sometimes it can stiffen the bike, which I also like. So I could hit some of the stuff a little bit harder and I wouldn't drag my frame or anything like that on the, on the faces of jumps. So it allowed me to ride a little bit with more intensity, if that makes sense. Yeah. A little more aggressive you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, dragging the frame so much or, yep. or slowing yourself down, losing momentum. Exactly. How deep were some of those ruts? And did you ever consider going to a taller tire? Well, I'm on a different tire. Uh, I'm on Kenda tires this year. Um, sorry, I don't know if I cut out. I'm on Kenda tires this year and they're actually a little bigger than the Maxis and CST. So I didn't have any, any problems with dragging compared to some of those riders to be honest with you um they're an inch and a quarter bigger in the front and three quarter bigger in the rear compared to like a standard maxis tire so let's get off track here a little bit what does that do to you in your normal setup when you go set ride height and you're running a taller tire because i know that has to affect your shocks and your frame height yep so the shocks now are set a little different uh, 
to get the ride height right. Um, because that's, that's like the main thing I, I definitely try to chase. So yeah, we have a different shock setup compared to the most out there. Um, cause if I ran the normal shocks, my ride height would be, you know, a, a tad too high for my liking. So we try to set them up to where I don't need to do anything with preload to, uh, get my ride height pretty, pretty good. Well, that's good. Do you run an insert in your tire as well? I do not. No. You run just straight air, huh? Yep. No tire balls or anything. You ever tested with inserts? No, I never have before. Really? Yeah. Is it is it pretty pretty good? Um, uh, it's something I think that you should test. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you. I can't tell you that it's good. I can tell you that in the forms of racing that that I've been involved with, you almost can't run it. You almost have to run an insert. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're at a, if you're, let's say racing a works race and you get a flat tire and you're, you're just took yourself off the podium. Yeah. You know, if, if that's where you are. Um, right. So running an insert's almost a must. I mean, same with you guys. If you guys get a flat, you're toast. Yeah. We're, we're screwed for sure. I do and- know that there are other pros running inserts uh, whether it be in the rear or whether it be all the way around. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if too many people run them in the front in motocross. Um, no, I don't, I don't hear too many fronts, but I know pretty much almost everyone's running some in the rear. Um, like a lot of people run tire balls or they do run some stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I like the inserts because, um, you know the, the the theory of traction and the and the pattern that it puts the tire down on, uh, it it's just better in, in my yeah. opinion. Keeps the rear helps keep the rear tires on the ground, um, and when you do that, you, you're faster. So yeah, I'll have to try that. I mean, it, it's just uh, it's a question that I ask because you know you are running a different setup than most, and and any advantage you can get is always is always a plus yeah yeah for sure let's let's get into the main event and the preparation for it because it rained what what was going through your mind yeah um we were doing a full mud prep thinking that it was going to be wet you know we were taping the air box and um and then i watched the the wmx before us and that's when I knew it was going to be a good dry race. So, um, mentally I was just, I was ready to go racing in a really hard, rough track. I wasn't really trying to think about any kind of wet conditions. So that's kind of how I went into it. Um, and I knew that the, the intensity was probably going to be pretty high and, and, a, you know, the whole shot would matter a lot. Um, but yeah, I wasn't trying to think too much about any kind of muddy conditions. Where was your gate pick? So my gate pick was right to the inside of Joel Hetrick. It was very far inside. Like no one was to my left. So I was the first guy on the, the gates from the left-hand side. And and did you pick that on purpose or was it just left to you? Yeah, I, I picked it on purpose because uh, I knew like, I'm really confident in my jumps. Like right when the, the – the start, like that first initial shift pattern, I was really comfortable all day with that. So um, 
I told my mechanic Johnny that I, I wanted that tight inside gate. That's a that's a pretty aggressive uh, a pretty aggressive pick. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it's it's risky. Um, if I would have got jumped by Joel, then I would have got squeezed off, you know. So, but I don't know what it was, man. I just was really confident that even I could out jump him. Um, like we did our our sight lap hole shot, and I nailed it. Like I I knew it was a hole shot for sure. So, yeah, I was just really confident even with whoever I was next to. I don't know how that works, but that's just how it was, man. Did you have any mixed emotions with any of the things that were going on with the weather and the track be- before the race started? Uh, Yeah, because I really don't like to – I'm not a mud guy, so I hate it when I hear a drop of rain, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, with, with my tires, like I was – I was okay with a little bit of rain, but yeah, I hate rain. So I heard a bunch of rain come down like midway through the day. And I was like, oh, I just, I hate that stuff. Do you think the distraction of the rain helped you stop thinking about the race and got, you know, sometimes when you're prepping for mentally prepping for things, you can overthink it, but instead you got distracted by the rain to take some of the race thought away. Yeah, I could say that um, because a lot of people other than me, too, were, were kind of like wondering how it was going to be. So, like, that definitely could have been something, how we were all up in the air on even tires. Like, there were a lot of guys mounting up big tires, and they didn't know whether to run the bigs or the smalls. So, yeah, that could definitely, you know, be be a factor. That's pretty awesome. Did, did Do you guys have a special air filter system that you run in the in the wet? Yeah, well, what we were doing was running, uh, like when I when it's dry, I don't run an uh, an outerwear. Like we run a f- a foam filter with a you know like a big foam cover. Right. Um, when it was when it was wet, all we were doing was running the foam filter with the outerwear. But when it was dry, we just took that that last outerwear off. Nice, nice. That's that's pretty awesome. You're not a very you know because I've never met you face to face. You're not a very big guy. No, yeah, I'm. Uh, well, I'm five nine and like one fifty five area in weight. Well, you're you're probably the same height I am, but but I got a couple dinners on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's just being nice, you know. I, I carry my table muscle in front of me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, uh, you know, I'm getting a little older. I've I've earned a right to have some of it, but not. Yeah, that. yeah. Okay, we get to the line. We're we're lining up. Uh, anything being said by any of the guys that uh, that you can pass on? Um, no, it was pretty pretty calm and uh, like everything was just normal. It was like everyone picked their gates and you know, there was, I guess there actually was a big thing that was different was we didn't have an actual gate drop. It was a flag start. So a flag start I've never done before. And I think a lot of people haven't done before, but you know, it wasn't a big deal because our AMA official showed us, you know, what he would do. So you just kind of watched. I picked to watch his shoulder because I felt like his shoulder is going to be the very first thing to lift when he lifts that flag. So, um, 
yeah, that's just what I, I chose to do. You came out of there like a rocket then. Yep. Yeah. I just nailed the shift exactly how I wanted to. And like, I didn't see anyone next to me. So I knew, I knew right away, like I definitely think I had it. And I, if you watch like a video at the start, I, I really pitched the bike sideways early because I, it was kind of, kind of sloppy on that start. So I pitched the bike sideways, used the throttle to, to turn and made sure no one could squeeze inside of me. Was, were you really tight to the inside of the turn? I have not seen the start uh, on video or at, uh, I came in after it was already uh, after you okay. were running. Yeah, it's a, a left-handed start, so I was the very tight inside. So what I had to do was get the jump, and then I had to, you know, get the bike sideways so I didn't blow the turn because um, it was sloppy. So if I were to, like, pull front brake right there, I just would have pushed forward. So I actually had to, like, use the throttle, pitch the bike, and drift and uh, make sure no one got inside of me. Did Joel tuck in underneath you to come ar- yep. to come around with you? Yep, he sure did, and I knew that's what he would do. So that was why my whole game plan was to to not let him do that and pass me. I knew he would do it, but I wanted to make sure I had that door closed. When you came out of the turn, did you come out on the inside or did you drift farther out? I drift drifted further out, so I was, you know, kind of on the other side of the track on that straightaway, um, and Joel was on the left side, but I just had enough, you know, enough gap that he couldn't shoot inside of me anywhere. And you went over the, you guys went over the finish line jump first, correct? Uh, it wasn't the finish line, but it was like a little, a little roller and then a, a little, kind of like a little double. Uh, the finish line was before that area. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, it was a little like kind of roller and a double and then a left-handed turn. And, uh, that's what I was worried about, Joel, you know, like running it in the inside right there. But I just made sure that, like I said, I could shut him down so he couldn't do that. Well, after the finish line deal, there was a a left-hand turn, which is the one I think you're talking about, and it had two lines. It had a rutted portion of the turn and a flat spot in the turn. Yep. Um, Did you like the rutted portion or the flat portion? So that rut wasn't there at the very first, you know, couple laps. We were all pitching it in on that flat part um, and and pretty much drifting it. And I like doing that better than the rut but once the rut developed the rut was actually faster because you were just kind of in and out of the turn instead of drifting so yeah once that rut developed i would come over that single and my my main focus was all right drive this turn you know elbow up the turn and get in and out of it um and i knew that joel there was no way he could go on that flat part like unless he was side by side with me there was no way he could cut me off right there so i was I was confident in doing the the rut the whole race. And the whole time you were leading, you knew it was him. No, I didn't know it was him until like maybe the last three laps. Um, I had no idea who was behind me. I didn't even know anyone was behind me until about, about like four laps before I blew up. He showed me a tire uh, before the finish line. And that's when I knew that it was Joel. But other than that, I had no idea if I had a huge gap or if there was even someone behind me. Did you get any boards during the race? Yep. But I just, I totally didn't look one lap. (laughs) 
like I, <laughs> where the mechanics area was, it was a wide open straightaway, and I was like fourth gear wide open, and it was rough. So I was like, I was so focused on where the bumps were that I never even got to look. I could just see my mechanic. He was, you know, he was on the side of the track, like screaming, cheering me on, but I couldn't see anything that he was writing. Maybe he was too excited too. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even know if he had the board out to be honest. I think he was just, you know, trying to scream and tell me to keep going. So talk me through this portion uh, and it was where it was a slight right, slight left, and then it went into some whoops. Yep. Yeah, so that was probably the weakest part for me. I struggled through that. And honestly, that's because I think my setup was a tad high, you know, like I talked about earlier. So those tight stuff, when your setup's high, you'll start to tip over. You know, like if I if I ran a lower setup, I think I could have got through it a little quicker. But, yeah, uh, early on I was nailing it. And then it started to get slower, like we were going slower because there were ruts forming. That's when I started to struggle through it. But yeah, it was it was just a tight right to a tight left. Um, and right there, to be honest with you, once I knew it was Joel behind me, um, I actually would like use that spot to to like you know almost almost like let him know I wasn't like I wasn't tired. I was trying to like push that area of the track because if if you're really tired and lazy right there, like, like I, I know the rider in front of me is slow. It's it's hard to explain, but he's starting to, to get tired, you know. I get it. And and that was a that was a strength portion, anyways, especially when you hit those whoops, right? Yes, exactly. Cause we had to I was standing up on the exit of the second rut, the second turn, and I would clutch out of that rut and stand up and wheelie into the rollers. So like that whole time I'm, you know, I'm standing wide open trying to wheelie, which in and of itself is, is, is very, you know, it takes a lot of strength, but yeah, if you were lazy through there, you were swapping left to right. Uh, it was pretty rough through there. In the, in the, when I was watching it, it looked like at the end of that straightaway, a couple of times he had position. Yeah. But he never, yeah. could, he never could get far enough in to uh, make a block pass on you at all. Yeah, he we would we're diving inside and the whole race I knew that was the only place like he could have tried something. So I and I was going wider because it was a big it was a big rut, right? Like a big wall. Um and I was we would slide into it and we'd hit the rut and then we would get on the gas. Well, if I tried to cut too far inside and and hit the wall, like it was slow because I'd hit the wall and I would lose all my momentum. So I was trying to like go wider and then I'd hit the wall and then get on the gas and use the clutch to get in and out, you know? But yeah, that was a place where, where he was, if he was going to pass, that's where he was going to try for sure. As, as the race wore on and you never gapped him, but it, it, it looked to me like watching it, it was a two to three bike distance and he didn't, he didn't try anymore. Yeah. He, yeah, if you if you he was conceding the, the the spot it looked like. Yeah, he you know, he had that one what I talked about earlier where that little double was that I was super slow in and that's where he would catch me every single lap. But if you watch the whole racer TV over again cuz like I I've watched it like a thousand times now. But um if you watch, it wasn't like I was 
really holding the guy up. Like, you know, I was really trying to, like, that was the highest intensity in, in riding I did. Like, there were a spot he was faster, but other than that, you know, I tried to keep, you know, at least a little gap or, or do what I could. And, uh, you know, I, I had even said in a, a recent podcast after the race that if there was anyone else up there, like, I would have liked to see them try, you know, like, Joel Hetrick runs people down, you know, even Chad Weenan. So, like, if someone else wanted to try to pull the whole shot and do that, it was, it was, it was difficult for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I could only imagine what you were going through. Is that the first time you've led a national for that length of time? Yes. Yeah. At, at a pro race, that's the first time for me. You've hold shot at a couple other motos, but not held the lead that long. Yeah. Yeah. Chad passed me at Loretta's. Um, Joel passed me. So yeah, they would pass me pretty quick. So this was the first, first time leading laps like that, especially past halfway. Um, like that was all new to me. Um, and that's, that's just, man, it was so awesome to experience that. Like, honestly, I know this is, this is crazy too, but it almost was easier to do that because like when I got to halfway and I realized I was still leading, mentally i was telling myself i got this like i can do this like brandon you're doing this this is what this is what you do like compared to in the past if they if they blow by me right away mentally that's like man like this sucks you know so in a way it was it was easier to be honest it's crazy but what does that do for your mindset going in to texas well for texas I really don't have high expectations uh, just because it's not a track I really like. Like, man, I'll be straight up honest with you. I just, at least in the years past, I've rode really bad there. So I'm really trying to just figure that track out this year. Um, and if I can do that, you know, then let's go racing. But I just got to do that. I got to walk the track. I got to check the lines out. I got to make sure that, you know, uh, I'm not, overriding the track or underriding and I, I just need to figure it out but for texas like i said i just don't have too much expectations but for the races coming after that like man i want to do everything i can to, to rip a whole shot and lead laps like that um and prove that i can do it outdoors too like at the you know at the normal races that that's a pretty great way to look at it uh, i wish you're a little more aggressive or confident with texas um you know, just to, to, just to see what could happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, there is a lot of different stuff this year for me. Like at, I'm actually riding right now and last year I didn't ride going into Texas. So there was stuff like that going on. I feel really, I feel insane right now. Like the past four days have been the fastest I've ever rode an ATV in my career. So like, like, I'm not even joking. I, I would go to bed and I'm like, like, I just, something happened to where, like, I don't know if it's confidence with the bike or what, but it's the fastest I've ever rode in my career. And that's like a super good feeling. So I have, I have mental confidence in myself. Um, I just, I know what I want to do. I want to learn that track. I want to get the track down and pull a whole shot. That's, that's where it is right there, bud. You got to keep that mental toughness and that focus going uh, to to get you out in front. 
Yeah, yeah, it's everything, man. It really is. It's unbelievable, but it's it's everything. So off topic, kind of, um, there was a little blurb that I had read that um, after the race, I understand how emotional you were and that they have an award for you for the whole shot and your girlfriend made sure that you went up to, to receive your award. Mm-hmm. Were you, were you sh- taken back by the overall overwhelming amount of support that you received? Yeah, I was, I was in a pretty low spot and like Harv Whipple came and got me and, and uh, yeah, when I came across that corner, like there were already people, you know, trying to hug me and stuff. And it was just, I couldn't be mad at that point. Like it was something I'll never forget. Even, you know, even when I'm done, like it was just, it was insane. Like, I don't know any of these people and they were all just like, like they were, you know, they were super happy. I did what I did. And that was such a good feeling. Like, like everyone was, everyone was hyping me up and it was just something that like every kid dreams of for sure. Best, best DNF finish uh, feeling ever. Right. Right. Yeah, I know it. It was like, <laughs> it was like the best, the best worst situation ever, but <laughs> I I just couldn't be mad. And Joel and the people on the podium were really respectful too, which helped a lot. You know, he hugged me and, he told me like, like I had that race. He told me I won that race. Like he was, he just said stuff to me that meant a lot too. And he was like, that was the best you ever rode. And, and I've lived with that guy at his house for years. So he, what he says, I try to learn and, and I take seriously. So it just, there were a lot of good things, you know, that happened from that. That's outstanding. When you went back and spoke with your sponsor, um, if you wouldn't remind saying the name again one more time for me, uh, Brett Music. Okay, I'll I'll do my best to 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 remember that music. Um, when you and Brett sat down and and talked about it afterwards, and and did your uh, breakdown of the race, um, what did you guys come up with to further? make sure that you don't have any issues like that yeah right away we just we you know diagnosed it and we're gonna weld this little piece that came off like we're gonna weld it shut um and he you know he didn't expect that either so it was just kind of a fluke thing but right away he was like that that specifically will never happen again so and i i wasn't upset about that like he uh you know he he was making sure that i knew it wouldn't happen again and i know that so he was uh you know he was really really proud and like it felt amazing to give him that i've known him for a while and just the belief that he did like when he called me in the winter you know i told him i had no no racing plans like i had nothing and he just told me that he believed in me and yeah so even if the rest of this year, like, like I just, yeah, that was what I wanted to do for him. And, and, uh, you know, he, he, he loves racing. He's like a diehard racer. And he also, he came down and tested with me and anything I would want to do to the bike, 
he'll be like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it right now. We're up at 930 at night, like wrenching on gearing, trying different gearing stuff for the next day and pulling out engines. Like he'll do anything that I want. So like it was, it was cool to try to make him happy. That's awesome that you guys have a good, a good connection like that. And um, it, even though he races, does he have just a, a guy that's your mechanic or is he your mechanic as well as trying to race at the same time? Uh, no. So uh, Johnny Hale, um, JH racing, he's, he's a pretty popular engine builder for us over here in East coast and probably West coast too, I think. But, um, he was my mechanic at Daytona, I think for Texas, it'll be the same. Um, but he asked me personally if I wanted anyone specific and I, I, I really didn't, didn't say anybody. I don't, I'm not too picky. Uh, but I'm not sure if it'll be Johnny or if it'll be someone else, but it's not him. Um, it'll be someone else. I don't think it'll be Brett. And, and Brett does the, uh, overall layout of your race machine. Um, and then they bring in a race day mechanic. Yep. Yep. So he built the bike, um, set, we set the front end up the day we tested the engine and yeah, so he, he built it and everything. And, um, Johnny is pretty much in charge of the engine. And I think he took my bike after Daytona for sure. So it'll be at his place, but yeah, Brett built it and Johnny, I believe will be maintaining it. Nice. That's good that, that you have a great support group like that. Yeah, it's awesome. That's excellent. Excellent. Brandon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're, you're training, you're getting ready. And this was kind of last minute for us to squeeze it in. Um, I thought that that Daytona race was outstanding to watch. And um, as everybody's probably already told you this, I was heartbroken for you. Um, I've, I've seen it happen to myself and, and other racers. And uh, I, you handled it like a champion. And um, I just want to, uh, tell you how much appreciated it was that you were a true professional at that moment. That means a lot, seriously. And coming from you, uh, you know, I remember our last talk we had and like you were telling me, you know, I, I had what it takes and like, I don't forget that stuff. So I would have loved to get you a win. That's for sure. But uh, I'm going to keep trying. Even if I don't come close sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm trying every day. Uh, this is what I do every day. So, the day I do win, I'll probably give you a call and say, man, I just won my first first pro race. Well, you better do more than call me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that being said, you are in a loaded field from what it looks like to me. Yeah, yeah it's pretty stacked, man. From really 10 is. to 1, you know, everybody always talks about it, and this has been my prediction for the year is I believe there will be a new face on the top of the box. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's going to come in a heads up race. I'm not taking anything away from Joel. I'm not taking anything away from Chad. I just believe that there will be a new face. Yeah. You guys we're, are close. Yeah. We're getting closer. If you really look, you know, they're, they're still gapping the, the third place guy, but we're, we're we're getting closer and I say we, but it's really the me and a couple other guys. Like there's four or five of us that are getting closer to them. It's just a matter of 
one of us doing it. And after that, I'm serious. It's a, it's a mental thing. Like if one of us does it straight up head to head, 20 minute moto, like that, that that's going to be the new guy. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Uh, it's almost a fear of success thing that goes on, you know, some, some guys go to the track. Oh, I'm going to get third. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of taking that extra step to say, no, I'm going to win. Yeah. Right. My dad always said, you know, when you go to the starting line, you have to believe that you are the baddest guy on the planet and that everybody's there to beat you. Uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. I like that. That's, that's the way I'm, I'm trying to, to learn. And like I, I, at Daytona, that's how I felt. Like I told you with the P4 qualifying to me, that meant nothing. I felt like I was, I was capable to win. And that's the first for me, if I'm being honest, like, man, it felt really good to feel that way. And I didn't care who was next to me. It didn't matter. I just, it was, <laughs> oh, it's just crazy. It's crazy, man. It's a change in mental aspects. It's a change in confidence. And it, it's it's an evolution that, that you go through. And you are evolving into that guy. Yeah. You know, from here, you don't know where it's going to go, but that's the direction that you're headed. Yeah. That's awesome. Good things to come. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be watching from afar in, uh, uh, for Texas and a couple of the other rounds, we are doing everything in our power to come up with a way to come back and, and spend some time with you guys face to face and, uh, bring my crew out there and, and, you know, get to meet all you guys and sit down and, and, uh, talk racing. Awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, we're, we're trying. We just, uh, you know, we're on the wet on the West coast and it's, it's a little expensive right now to, uh, to drive out to the East coast. <laughs> it does. It does. Hey brother. Thanks a lot for uh, sitting down and talking with me. The team here at ATV talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATV San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.